0: The move was forceful, arm and a leg, hell they charge a torso and live here drip tears down on the concrete jungle where Socks still slouching the sauce it's bum, it's bump it's bum. Welcome to insert name here. We we still don't we still don't have this fixed. What are we we doing about this? This your weekly rundown. What about our people? Our people are supposed to fix this. Your weekly rundown of what the hell just went down here in DC and why it matters to normal people like you and not just that hipster woman at the laundromat with the back issue of the Nation. Right. right. are your guides from 2014. I'm Scott Remley, Democratic strategist with the firm Vaquero Blue and publicly lauded home mold mitigation enthusiast.
1: Very nice. Very nice. That's a useful skill to have. I agree. Uh, and I'm Ian Taranji. I'm a member of the uh, One Love Massive artist collection. Also an immigration attorney with the law firm of Rodriguez and Sanabria. Ian, it's Sunday. It's July 7th. What the fuck just happened this week? Actually, I think it's isn't it July
0: 9th. Which really goes to show you how bad it is. Let's just move into it. <laughs> Earlier this week were the G20 <laughs> meetings in Germany. It's an annual get together of some of the largest economies in the world. Uh, it's kind come- of like the 20 largest. Yes. Yeah, in fact, you know, the number is a tip. Uh, it grew out of the G6, which was the sort of late 60s, early 70s alliance. It was the UK, then West Germany, United States. Italy, France, and Japan at the time that they were sort of the dominant economies in the world. Right. It became the G7 when Russia, or, uh, when Canada joined, it became the G8 when Russia joined. You know, over the years, has now grown to include twenty nations, including you know China, Mexico, India, Saudi Arabia, Argentina, and more.
1: This week, were their meetings? Ian, there were meetings in Hamburg, Germany. Scenic uh, Hamburg, Germany. Scenic, you know what they eat a lot of there? German food. I was going to say hot dogs, but
0: you know. See, I thought that was a good one. For those of you Uh, keeping score, that's one dad joke for Scott.
1: Yeah, one, one, zero. Ah. So this was an interesting, I mean, Donald Trump on the world stage, among other world leaders, is always an interesting proposition, uh, to say the least. Um, And, you know, it's funny because they had, I guess, the opening day before all the actual festivities happened. it It was sort of like a you know, like the 20 minutes before a football game when everybody's warming up on the field and you have the announcers looking for stuff to say. and You know, they're talking about this quarterback's mechanics and warm-up or, you know, the kicker is nailing 55-yarders and warm-ups, whatever. And so you see all these world leaders milling about, talking to each other, um, and there was one scene of Donald Trump just sitting at the table, and it looked like he was just reading a briefing book. Um, I'm not going to say that he was mouthing the words as he was reading because I don't think he was Um, but but, uh hey it it was funny it's
0: a step up from them reading the book to him
1: and it was funny because every time i saw other world leaders standing together and then all of a sudden one of them would start laughing i was like oh they probably just said something about trump (laughs) just just like a just like a series of one-ups and like who could get in the best zinger on that okay yeah we call this segment uh every time we talk about donald trump on the world stage we call this segment what must the neighbors think um because as i said it's interesting it's always interesting to see this man on the world stage because he um what's the polite way to put this doesn't really know anything uh, you know he's used to he, i mean in his defense
0: i can't believe i say this he's used to operating in a global environment it's just an entirely different environment than right. one where like people actually evaluate you as a person and that and, and you are a reflection of something larger than just like your corporate Yeah, like it or not, like the dude is, you know, the closest association the world has with America right now. Sure,
1: and I think it's probably safe to say that's suboptimal. Suboptimal is a good way to put it. Yes.
0: So the big thing, Ian, this week was they were was going to be the first face to face meeting with Putin. Yeah. Um, this was a big deal for a number of
1: reasons. A lot of reasons, and it was very hotly anticipated. Right. Right, I mean, you know, if you I mean if you want to look at it from a substance standpoint, um, it does look like there was some agreement about uh, a ceasefire in a zone of Syria. I believe it's sort of uh, toward the southern part of the country, um, and, and and you know, I mean, I think it's more of a de-escalation zone. I think the United States would like to have Russia's cooperation with respect to Syria, with respect to North Korea. With respect to a number of uh, of, of issues in the world, um, you know, but obviously there's there's that thing, there's that uh, that whole Russia thing, them uh, meddling in, in 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 our elections, you know. And I think we saw a story in the Washington Post yesterday about Russian hackers uh, trying to get into the systems of various energy companies, including new companies that run nuclear facilities here in the United States. And, you know, to me. It's pretty obvious what the Russian game is. You know, they are sort of using our total reliance on technology uh, against us. They have sort of figured out the weakness in our infrastructure, which is, right. you It's know, the Achilles heel. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It really is. If you everything's know, I mean, hackable, then like that sort sure, of Sure, the- sure. I mean, look, I, you know, I don't know. I, I imagine that the United States government, various parts of the United States government maybe have, um, you know, gamed out what were to happen if we had, you know, the, sort of like the in 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 the superhero movie where the bad guy has some sort of like button that he can push and knock out electricity across you know the globe or clor- across a country, like how would our nuclear facilities work? How would how would all these things work? So Putin, as the bald guy, is Lex Luthor. Who is Superman? Well, I mean, come on, blonde, tall, <laughs> American. Uh, I mean, it's got to be. He's clearly not Superman. He's the buffoonish sidekick. Anyway, I totally—it's like Superman him. four. He's like the Superman who's drunk at the bar <laughs>
0: <laughs> in Superman four. That joke about hey, the air pressure. You ever <laughs> hear the joke about Superman at the bar? Superman's at this bar, and uh, or, or this guy. This guy comes in, he sits down at a bar, and this dude comes in and sits down next to him, and they're going like shot for shot. And eventually, the the the, the new dude turns to the the business person who was the first person, and he says, "You know, we're up on the Empire State Building. You know, if you jump out the window here." the the wind and the air pressure is so strong it'll actually push you back in and the businessman looks at the, the second guy that showed up he says that's a bunch of crap and the second guy says watch me walks over to the window jumps out and a moment later he is like hovering outside the window and climbs back in and says see and the businessman says that's amazing and he runs over and he jumps out the window and he falls to his death and the bartender says God damn it, Superman, quit doing that. <laughs> but it, I mean, it, you know, first, I think that it's interesting that you're talking about like the uh, going after us on our, on the sort of technical vulnerabilities, right? This is a thing that, frankly, America, as, you know, in our cyber, I can't believe we use that word, but in our like cyber warfare efforts, this is a thing that, frankly, we pioneered and perfected. Um, you know, this was how we blew up a bunch of the Iranian nuclear efforts, three, four, five years. Well, it's probably more like a decade now. North Korea, too. Right. It was the Stuxnet stuff. You just, you put a virus into their computer systems and their technology, and it, like, their entire lab breaks. And they go, oh, goddammit, it It sets it back a decade. And, like, at no time, apparently, did we say, hey, you know what we should do? Make sure this shit doesn't happen to us. And here's the thing that makes me insane about it, and you started to go down this road already with it, Part of the agreements that they're also worked out, that like in, you know, these like broad principled agreements, which admittedly, who knows if anything's going to come of it. Trump wants us to team up with Russia. He wants America and Russia to team up to create a, a super cybersecurity unit. So in short, the guys that broke into our house were now going to, and like stole all our stuff, We're now going to sit down with them and, and work with them to figure out how to make our house not break inable which, you know, is awesome because I totally trust these guys to not exploit any of the uh, loopholes that they find. It's it, like it's just breathtakingly naive.
1: Yeah, it is.
0: I mean, that's the thing that I don't
1: understand is it seems like Trump just thinks like, oh, yeah, they're a nice person once. So well, like, well, here's a reaction. Partnering with Putin on a quote unquote cyber security unit. Right. Is akin to partnering with Assad on a quote unquote chemical weapons unit. Oh, um, that was one uh, Republican Senator Marco Rubio.
0: Wow,
1: Rubio still pissed about last year, man. He is still <laughs> hating on that. Well, Put and and, and 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 you know, I mean, this is where we started. We sort of get into this blind spot in conservative media and in conservative land about the whole Russia issue because it's like, you know, I'm 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 a, I'm of a mind. Look, I'm a uh democrat i've voted democrat in every election really not necessarily because like i'm you know raw raw democrat but mostly because i've been sort of anti uh uh the conservative movement in this country particularly since clinton i think it's gone off the rails and we've seen over you know 20 plus years now that that has in fact borne out um but you know all that said who's to say that the next time you know that that, that some democrat isn't going to say okay well if this is the system then you know hey Let's get some Chinese hackers on our side. If they got the Russians on their side, let's get the Chinese on our side. And then all of a sudden, you have this sort of like, <laughs> Sino-Soviet proxy war <laughs> right. going on with it, U.S. Like, elections. It w- it's the dumbest thing right. ever. Why, why wouldn't they just American government it's, agencies? It just—it's yeah. It, 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 is, it is crazy. It is crazy. And you know the the meeting with Putin took two hours. Two and hours. Supposedly, supposedly, Good uh, God. Donald what could they have
0: talked about for two. Hours?
1: Although, apparently, that's
0: part of Putin's reputation in these meetings is what he likes to do is try to box the Americans into, like, asking a question. And then he'll go on these very long monologues about, like, the grand sweeps of Russian history and how, like, everyone's always out to get Russia. It's like sitting down. I had a girlfriend like that. It's like sitting down with a Raiders fan, right? Like, all you have to do is be like, well, that call is questionable. The next thing you know, they're like, well, first of all, you know, the NFL's been conspiring against the Raiders now
1: for 40 years, pretty much ever since Madden. And you're just like, oh.
0: I'd like our Raiders fans, st-
1: are Raiders fans speaking in, in 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 accurate sentences with subject verb agreement and so forth. You know,
0: look, uh, there's a lot of money to be made in Las Vegas, and uh, <laughs> you got to be
1: able to communicate to to
0: to be able to get some of that sweet sweet bling. Um, now, you know, it's the other thing that's remarkable to me in all this is, you know, like. The United States has clearly abdicated the throne of sort of like leaders of the free world right now, at least right. in the eyes of everybody else. Right? You
1: know, because they see reality.
0: Right. Everyone's you know Angela Merkel has been like basically holding this together through like sheer force of will. Right. Basically, you know, Greece started to go under. They bailed out Greece. Everyone at home yeah. got mad at her, and she said, "We're going to bail them out. It's the right thing to do." You know, and that was sort of a larger march here. But man, Angela Merkel's just got to be rated. Somebody.
1: Angela Merkel is like a responsible mom who's holding a dysfunctional family together. It'd be like eight is enough if, like, um, you know, two of the kids were meth addicts. One, uh, you know, the uncle, wow, the uncle, the uncle, like, was filing for bankruptcy and was, it's like you know, eight uh, is hitting. enough meets the wire. Like, this is getting <laughs> grim fast, man. And she's like the mother holding it all together. Like Europe, she's like, no, 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 this family will stay together. In the United States, the crazy uncle, they're like, she's like, no, 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 you're still part of the family. You're still part of the family. But, like, think about her. You this know, family's important. Be, being a woman elected official is,
0: is extraordinarily hard. You know, it's something I can't even really begin to understand well. But, you know, part of it, part of being a woman and being successfully elected to very high office is, like, you kind of have to have been a perfect human being you and then like she rolls into G20 you know after they have like she is like trying to keep a lid on all this insanity and the first thing she she runs into is like captain asshole over here and it just has to be <laughs> the kind of thing where you just to be like you've got to be kidding like what what more do i have to do you know the minute france alex uh, macron everybody's like oh wow hey that God emmanuel's here he's awesome and you know Merkel's got to be sitting there going like, you know, I'm still awesome over here. And now I'm sure enough, Macron's already under investigation for stuff like yeah, for campaign finance regularities. Like it, she, she must be one of the most frustrated people yeah, on, sure. the, on the on just on the global stage to no just doubt. be looking at this being like I am the only grown-up left in the room. And look at the morons she's dealt with from us. We we issued her George W Bush and the creepy back massage incident that like you know, like what, what fresh hell is this? Yeah. We gave her eight years of Obama, but like the truth is, is Obama probably always kind of played her off like he was too cool for school anyway. And now, like, and now this, it's like, oh, God damn it. Like, what do I have so, to do to work or to, to be in a room with some goddamn grown ups around here?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we would be remiss if we did not mention this. And um, I kind of want to make this sort of a, a miniaturized version of our favorite game moron or asshole
0: moron
1: or uh, asshole and this week's candidate for moron or asshole Ivanka Trump yes. who sits in moron done for her father sits in for her father at meetings at the G20 these are meetings where the duly elected constitutionally elected president of the United States the head of the American state is supposed to be present, representing our collective interests on the global stage. Donald decides, eh, you know, let's, it's it long, boring. A long flight. I don't flight, boring. Yeah. You, know, listen, you listen to the Austrian prime minister talk, and it's just I like, ah, oh, this guy, this fucking guy. I
0: want to go watch Terminator. I so need some sends, fried chicken. Like, so God, he sends damn.
1: Ivanka in his place. And, okay, fair enough. Um, but Ivanka decides sure thing dad i'll do it i'll do it is she is she trolling us or does she she because because i will say this about ivanka um she's 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 gotten a lot of criticism well deserved very well deserved criticism um she seems like a smart person which makes me believe she's probably I mean, was bothered by the the pool boy or something but but
0: uh <laughs> on the one hand right she's
1: in a tough spot like what what's she gonna do? Say no,
0: you have to go. If there's one thing that we have all learned with Trump so far, it's pretty much the minute you say like you can't do that or you shouldn't yeah. do that, he doubles down. Right. So like it's a kind of thing where he says, No, you're gonna go instead. You could be like, I I I really don't know. You know what? I'm not going, you're going, that's the end of it. Like
1: Okay, man.
0: We can't. Not are you have absolving her there.
1: are you absolving her of both moronity and assholery? No,
0: no, no. <laughs> I, I made it clear at the beginning,
1: moron. Okay. Um but all right. I think it was, I, I just like she, I think she should I, 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 I think that's one she's probably the only person who can say to her father listen you dumb fuck get in the seat get in the game this is the reason why you keep talking about fake news you keep bitching about people complaining about Trump oh, and all this stuff. See, and you know what I don't think I don't think they can I don't think they have that anymore This is the thing
0: that I'm worried about which is he's going into like an increasingly bunker mentality right. everybody's against him the world's against me. I'm the best president ever. No one appreciates it. I'm wonderful. It's tremendous. That's a terrible Trump. Jesus, yeah, that I is. Gotta, it's awful. I gotta work on that. But like, either way, like, have better things to do with your time. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe. Um, but either way, like, you know, he's he's isolating himself yeah, more right. and more to a degree that it may just be that they're like starting to lose the ability to say no to him. Again, like remember, the only person who's right. actually pulled off forcing him to change his behavior is the deputy secretary of, uh, uh, or the deputy attorney general, Rosenstein. Right, Rosenstein, who went over there after they after Trump tried to throw Rosenstein under the bus. Recall when Trump fired Comey, right. he then went out and said, "Well, I only did it because the DOJ told me to." This guy Rosenstein told me to in a memo, and Rosenstein called them up and said, "Either you get it back out there in front of a camera now and tell him the goddamn truth, or I will." And within a couple of hours. The Trump, admittedly the spokespeople, not him, but they were back out cleaning up the mess. You know, look, a mess is where we are. Uh, A mess is where we're going to be for a while. For a while. Uh, When we come back, we'll talk a little bit about sort of the mess on this side of the pond. You're listening to Insert Name.
1: This is a drop. Here at Insert Name here, we like to think of ourselves as a real podcast. Uh, But we're very clearly not, not a real podcast. If we were a real podcast, for example, this space would be occupied by an advertisement, by an actual commercial venture that enjoyed our programming and felt that we reached a sufficiently large enough audience that they would pay to advertise in this space. So like like the Defense Department piping
0: us in, in Guantanamo because we're the one thing that can make people crack? <laughs> there it is! Welcome back to Insert Name here. So national Republicans have a problem, and it's not just the Affordable Health Care Act, also known as Obamacare. Uh, the, 2020, uh, the 2010 health insurance reform package has helped millions afford health insurance, ensures coverage for pre-existing conditions, let kids stay on their parents' insurance until 26, and more.
1: You're not really a kid when you're 26. Touche. Uh,
0: and Republicans hate it. This has been a fundamental linchpin of all of their messaging and strategy is repealing Obamacare. They voted to repeal it more than 50 times. They've yep. campaigned on repealing it. Donald sure. Trump, when he was sworn in, promised to repeal within two weeks of becoming president. Within two weeks. So that would have been like like early February when the, when the windswept plains of, 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 of D.C. were frozen in tundra, like the north of the wall, and I'm, I'm just I'm really excited about back.: yeah. To, um, yeah, now it's July. The bill squeaked through the House by a handful you know the Republican version of this repeal squeaked through the House by a handful of votes and jammed to a halt in the Senate. Their yeah. version of health care reform is going to leave tens of millions without health insurance. It's so unpopular right now. That Republican leaders, when they are back home uh, in their districts for their, what are what they call the district work periods, for July 4th, actively hid from crowds. They avoided parades. They didn't have town hall meetings to hear from people. Standard things that you do as an elected official to say, look, I'm listening. They're, uh, they are ducking people because they are so increasingly hostile towards their solutions. Yeah. Senate Republican leader Mitch McConnell tried to avoid all these problems by writing the bill behind closed doors. And now Republican and now McConnell can't figure out a way to get to the 50 votes needed to pass. it. Right. Several Republicans are openly rebelling in the Senate. And the bill is very well dead in the water. Ian, the phrase you used this morning was same shit burger, different bun. And so my question to you is, is there anything we could put on this shit burger to make it eligible? Or are these guys
1: guys just fucked in Los pantalones? Well, first off, I want to give credit for the line same shit burger, different bun. Uh, John Lovett from Crooked Media. Uh, he did. He came up with that line. Used it on Nancy Pelosi, and she was, you know, lukewarm about it. But <laughs> um, is there anything they can put on this to make it edible? I mean, no. You. You. This. This whole uh, uh, healthcare fiasco on the Republican side is really a problem of their own making, and it's a problem of their own making, and it's one that. You know, I I at least saw coming. Um, if you read uh, Jonathan Chait uh, in the New Yorker, uh, as I do, he's excellent. Yeah, I do. Um, if you read him, he's known for a long time that this was coming, and it's the classic. You know, the dog chasing the car, and you finally catch the car. What the hell is a dog going do right. to do to a car? You, now you've got a bumper. Is now you've got a bumper 40. in your in your teeth. <laughs> and um, so when you when when you have made Obamacare, this sort of shibboleth on the right that, that you have just railed against for years and years and years, and you finally have unified government, unified party government anyway, um, that should give you an opportunity to sort of remake the health care system the way you would like to see it made. You know, this is where the rubber meets the road. There is, there has been no plan. There has been no GOP plan. There has been no conservative plan um, that covers more people at lower cost because. The conservative health care plan was Obamacare. That's Obamacare right. was put into place in the pilot stage uh, in Massachusetts by, you know, uh, a bleeding heart liberal named Mitt Romney. God, what a hippie.
0: <laughs> what a, just a God to, with his long hair. This is, and this his hemp clothing. This
1: just, is the conservative market oriented healthcare care solution. Um, and it, it, it has been. And so, They're now in a a place where they can repeal Obamacare, but, you know, we've always known, and this is why I think it was such a huge fight leading up to 2010 and why they voted so many times to try to repeal Obamacare, um, because they knew that once it was in place, once millions of people had insurance through this program, that it was going to be nigh impossible to take it away. Sure. It was the same
0: thing that we saw with... Medicare when it was sure. passed uh, in the 60s, and Social, Social Security, Security in the 30s. Right. People complained about it at first, but once somebody started do- getting benefits of it, yeah. they immediately went, oh, never mind. Don't right. take this away. Right, right, right.
1: You know, and, and, and when you think about our economy now in 2017 and sort of think about the sort of healthcare status quo that people are thinking about, where they're thinking about the 90s and the 80s, where people were getting their health insurance from, their employer. I mean, that you know, obviously that's still, I think, where the majority of Americans do get their health insurance from an employer, but we are increasingly in a society where you have a lot of people who just don't have that one 40-hour-a-week job that you go to, and you have that job security that you're going to be there for years and years and years, and you have health insurance through your job. You have people who... You know, bartend and then DJ and then or they're in a band or they're doing this or they're driving Uber. And th- these are exactly the, 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 the types of people who benefit from, uh, a, you know, a plan that expands Medicaid, that expands uh, subsidies to make health insurance more affordable. I mean, this is this is exactly the type of health care solution we need to be thinking about um, in 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 sort of where our economy is moving. Well, and not to mention that, right? But you talk about how
0: you know, a majority of people get their health insurance through employers. And here's the thing. I think that's how it used to be. Right. But increasingly what you're seeing now from places like Walmart, which is in many states the largest employer after the federal government and right. state government, you know, uh, uh, Walmart has been like actively part of their strategy for keeping costs low is by paying people basically minimum wage. Right. So they don't have to, so they, and then not providing benefits, knowing that what that means is people come in under the poverty level and they get Medicaid. The problem is for all these corporations and a lot of these, all of which are, you know, huge financial backers of Republicans. And so, why, you know, their vision is kind of what becomes policy. They want to have their cake and eat it too. On the one hand, they want to say, like, well, we shouldn't have to provide health care. We'll just push that off on the government. Which answer is like, okay, well, money doesn't grow, right, right, money doesn't grow on trees, work, so, we'll,
1: so we'll increase your taxes. Right, and
0: then they're like, whoa, whoa, now you're killing jobs. It's like, okay, well, you know what, like, yeah. and, and so you're absolutely right, you know, part of the way that Obamacare was designed to work is, and I think this is this is probably the sort of the death knell for kind of liberal sort of naivete in Congress. We put a bunch of, like, not great, but Decent enough Republican ideas in the bill thinking like, okay, Republicans will say we can't let the perfect be the enemy of the good. This has a lot of good things in it, too. Okay. And instead they went, nope, your idea, so therefore not our idea, so fuck off. But things like the mandate, which is a term we hear thrown around a lot. The mandate is there's a clause now in the federal income taxes, and what it says is if you don't uh, pay for your own insurance, or have if you don't have insurance, or buy or self employed and buy your own insurance in some way, you're going to get taxed. And basically, you get taxed about right. the same amount you would pay to buy health insurance. The so idea is
1: to incentivize you to buy health insurance, right? So
0: that there aren't free riders in right. the system, right? Because that you what, don't
1: that you don't get a cancer diagnosis on Wednesday and then Wednesday afternoon. You call up your insurance company and say, Hey, I'd really like to know a quote on your health insurance. I mean yeah, that's for no not reason. The way that's not the way the system is designed to work. The system is designed to work so that healthy people pay in at a lower rate so that one, the sicker people have coverage, and two, so that when you become sick, one of the sicker, you also have that coverage. Right. And this is that's just that's the way that like that's insurance.
0: That's right, how that's it insurance works. And, and frankly, that's just kind of decency you know it's not like if ian if you were going to move tomorrow and your wife just brought your uh, just brought your beautiful baby daughter into the world it's not like if you were going to move on wednesday and i showed up at your house on wednesday morning and i was like well i think Shauna should have to lift the same uh, the, the same amount that i should i'm pretty sure i would get punched in the face by your wife yeah and and i would have it coming yeah and and that's sort of the point it's like you know we we can't we have a responsibility to take care of some other folks because we tried social darwinism we yep. tried it 100 years ago, and it was a spectacular failure, and we all turned out to be monsters. Right. And that's the real truth behind when you actually look at what the Republican bill is now. And this is the thing for all of us when we're arguing with the crazy uncles and all that. All the Republican bill really is. What they figured out is everyone loves all the benefits of Obamacare. But they also, most swing voters don't really like poor people. <laughs> because they're swing voters, and they're, either, they're one of two things. They're either basically rich white people who don't like poor people because they feel like they have to spend money, or they're poor white people who don't like poor people because they think that poor people are definitely not white. And so, like, there's different reasons for why they don't like them, but that's what right, it is. Right. But so, what this bill, like, when you look at the Republican plan, really all it is is just cuts to Medicaid, which is the Big federal time. program that helps low-income yeah. folks be able to see a doctor. Right. You know, of the twenty, you were saying it. Even, yeah. The it, CBO, the CBO yeah.
1: score that we talked about uh, in our last show. Uh, for the Senate bill, said that 22 million people would uh, lose health insurance uh, in this plan over 10, years. over 10 years. But that 14 million of them will lose it in the first year. And that is almost entirely the the, the drastic cuts right. that's, to Medicaid. That's
0: almost two thirds of the people that are going to lose insurance
1: right will off go in the
0: first year of right Medicaid. Off the bat. And another several million of them are basically people who are probably, now that the mandate's going to disappear, are going to say, like, well, shit, now I don't have to do anything.
1: Yeah. You
0: know, and and so it
1: just shows you like it's and this is why and this is why the Republican senators are rebelling against it, because uh, many of them are in states that have taken this Medicaid expansion, you know, sort of the classic examples that people raise are Kentucky. Uh, Well,
0: Kentucky's had a lot of success with it. And Rand Paul is like burning this thing
1: down now. And Mitch McConnell. Yeah, I mean, that was right. McConnell is a surreal one. I mean, there was all there was there was a whole thing on on the daily The New York Times's daily podcast um, where they talked about uh, people in Kentucky who have coverage under uh kentucky's medicaid expansion and and, and so on and so forth but you also have and
0: if you ask them if it's obamacare they're like no it's kentucky and you're like you oh my god (laughs) you're right (laughs) the the tires are uh what makes the car go not the motor you're right right. you figured it out
1: yeah yeah but but you know you have for example uh senator capito from west virginia west virginia is a state that has a by god virginia that has a disproportionately high number of uh, people who have care through the Medicaid expansion. There's obviously there's been much ballyhooed discussion of opioid addiction and the, the the issues that you see really kind of all along an Appalachian corridor from West Virginia to Kentucky to Southeast Ohio. Um, yeah, I mean, again, uh, uh, the, the 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 first Republican House bill was a shit burger. The second Republican House bill that actually passed was a just a, a slightly less shitty shitburger. Well, burger. It's, it's like a shitburger, but bill. it's medium rare.
0: See, <laughs> so it's got it's got the warm the juices, brown middle. The juices and it, come out. Very it's nice. not yes. like just yes. you know, it's not a hockey puck like what came out of the
1: house. Uh, side. I hope people are listening to this after they've eaten and not before. Both of our listeners For, fortunately
0: <laughs> we're after the we're after July Fourth. so You don't have to worry right, about right. that.
1: No, actually, fortunately, we we we, we probably have zero listeners so it's fortunate that nobody has right. to hear that
0: hi mom <laughs> uh when we come back we'll uh we'll talk a little more about america and the global stage and security and all those kinds of fun things along with totally this. To do you have a commercial venture you'd like to associate with a terrible and poorly listened to political podcast you, too, can come in as a sponsor of the One Love Massive Collective and this podcast by contacting us at Wokesince84 or at the at One Love Massive Twitter account. Ian's supposed to be trying to make me crack up during this, but as we can see, Ian was born without a sense of humor.
1: No, no sense of humor whatsoever. No sense of humor whatsoever. It's, it's really tragic. I um, would like to point out, you can yeah. also reach Scott at, uh, at puked on myself. Okay, that's, Okay, again, that's that's reaching Ian. That's his. That's I don't check that Twitter. Uh, I don't know anything I, I about that. It, I check it for him, and I always retweet. <laughs> I, I make sure to retweet.
0: God damn it! You made me break. God damn it!
1: All right, welcome back to insert name here. So Scott, yeah. we're going back on the global stage. Of course, uh, we are. We're liberal elites. That's what we do. Globalist liberal elites. Uh, North Korea. North Korea this week. Uh, did, a, did a test of uh, an ICBM, that's an intercontinental ballistic missile. North Korea, the West Virginia of Asia. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> Apologies. Apologies to all of our many listeners in uh, the beautiful state of West Virginia. Um, but so North Korea has tested an intercontinental ballistic missile that experts believe could reach American soil in Alaska. Um, You know, this is important. Intercontinental ballistic missiles are typically the delivery vehicle of choice for nuclear warheads. Um, And we know that North Korea has possession of nuclear warheads. They now have ICBM technology. I imagine it's probably not long before they figure out how to attach a nuclear warhead to to an ICBM. We need a total duct tape embargo right now. Yeah, (laughs) that's what it's going to be.
0: Because taking taking into account uh, what what seems to be half of North Korean technology anyway, it's gonna be nothing. It's gonna be something like right, that. duct
1: tape. Right, we're gonna
0: duct tape it all. Through. They'll have like they're like gonna have a hammer and like one nail, and they'll just be tapping it really gently. And every time they tap it, they'll all wince like, "Oh God, did it go?" <laughs> hey, good news, it didn't go, guys. All right, hit it again. We'll stay over here behind the wall,
1: the, the four foot thick <laughs> steel. Right. beam. Right. Uh, yeah. So. This is, you know, this is a problem. And look, this is not a problem, uh, as has been noted in several places. This is not a problem of Donald Trump's making. This is a, has been a long-standing problem. North Korea has been a problem going back to uh, the Clinton years when uh, they first successfully tested a nuclear warhead. Um, you know, they've been a nuclear power now for 20 years and have generally been run by um, unstable, uh, mentally unstable madmen. With? Itching haircuts, I mean that is this that is, is the this new is
0: high and tight right there. It I, is so tight, it's just.
1: I asked my hairdresser to give me the Kim Jong Un, and uh, apparently my hair is too fine. It doesn't stay. It doesn't stay up in that. Like, is it too
0: fine or is it too
1: fine? Well,
0: it is devastating. I I mean, I know this is an auditory medium, but folks, I mean, it's it's Kennedy-esque, really. It's yeah, yeah. You know, in that it looks like it should be.
1: Particularly when it's windswept. It's really it's really hot. <laughs> you know, look. Needless to say, I cannot do the Kim Jong-un, but um, But you they know,
0: you know they are I, I somehow. It is so you know, North Korea setting off some kind of weapon every like July second is sort of like you can set your watch to it. They know we're all coming into July fourth. They know there's kind of a news vacuum. They do this to make a point. Okay. You're right. It is different. Like it can reach American soil now, you know. And they're going up against now, you know, whereas in the past you could count on sort of cooler heads to prevail in discussions, there's a wild card in the White House now. And nobody knows, you know, right. Trump, he's, he's belligerent. We, you just, you don't know how he's going to react. And their goal is to provoke something because provocation shows that they're relevant. Mm-hmm. So here's my fun question to you. We faced something of a similar issue with Iran. And President Obama, along with a number of world leaders, were able to negotiate a treaty with Iran where the deal was you can develop a peaceful nuclear program, basically a nuclear energy program, as long as we can check in on you from time to time to make sure you're not trying to weaponize it. Right. And at the first check-in, mm-hmm. it turned out that Iran had basically done what they were supposed
1: sure, to, sure. and they're behaving. And, I, and, and I, 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 mm-hmm. I will say this, I was never surprised about Iran's most of the way compliance with uh, with the nuclear deal. I, mean, I was pleasantly
0: be... surprised. I mean, I think it's nice, but, you know.
1: I I, I wasn't because I've never, I've never bought into the rhetoric of, you know, Iran is run by crazy people. I've always felt that they were a very, you know, I was, I was a political science student in college, and, and, you know, the one thing that we always talk about is rational actors versus irrational actors. And I've always felt that uh, the Iranian regime acted as fairly, Rational actors that, 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 you know, everyone's like, well, look at what they say about wiping Israel off the map. I'm like, well, a, yes, of course they say these things, but you have to look at what they have done, what they do right. and sort of put yourself in their position and game out the sort of attempting to wipe Israel off the map. What that will in actuality accomplish is wiping Tehran off the map and, right. the difference and is- ending your rule. I mean, and, and so that's not something that any rational actor would want. And so there's a part of me as we take this back to North Korea that mm-hmm. thinks, you know, they're acting in much the same way. You know, if you're a strongman dictator, you have to do one—you have to do two things effectively to stay in power. One is, uh, you know, quell domestic rebellion, right, and keep the other
0: fed and keep and keep the rabble rousers in check,
1: right. And the other thing is to 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 have some sort of an external enemy that you can point your people to. So that you know, you can say one of two things: one, either you know they are conspiring against us, and they're the reason why your lives are so shitty. I think we see a lot of this in the Middle East towards is you know in the in the rhetoric towards Israel that that's exactly what it was, um, and and with North Korea, the the you know the the external threat is is the United States. You know the the the, the Kim family have used. Uh, the US invasion uh of Iraq as sort of like a you know we North Korea's next War, they right. they, said, next. they said we're in the axis of evil you know we were in the axis of evil with 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 Iraq and Iran and you know look at what they did with Iraq and um you know so so there there's there's part of me that says that North Korea is acting as a rational actor here and then there's another part of me that says i'm not so sure how much of a rational actor that Kim Jong Un really is i mean to 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 be sure he does Things that are, you know, straight out of the, you know, strongman dictator playbook. He's had people assassinated, arrested. You know, there's a, I'm sure, a, a, a torture. Re- well, I mean, I'm not sure we know that there's a, uh, a torture regime in North Korea. We right. had an American killed, who was just brought U- back, who University was just brought back. Kid. Yeah, the University right. of Virginia kid who was just brought back. And he was, he was murdered by the North Koreans. I mean, let's call it what it was. So. Well, now, fortunately, Ian, America has sent. It's one of its
0: finest diplomatic minds, and a representative of everything that America can, can aspire to. I speak, of course, of former Chicago Bulls.
1: Uh, the, uh, Detroit Pistons.
0: Detroit Pistons guy. Small forward. Or small forward. Uh, uh, Dennis Rodman. Yes. Uh, Dennis Rodman is here to save us all. Um, and, yeah, I got Mike to break. Yes. Yes. But. Dennis Rodman is apparently the only American welcomed in open arms. So, here's a question. Dennis Rodman, clearly, unambiguously, certifiable crazy person. So, Dennis Rodman being welcomed in open arms in by North Korea, does that put you more on the rational actor side? Or more on the <laughs> irrational
1: actor side? Defend yourself. Okay, well, as someone who grew up as a huge Bulls fan, like if I had the opportunity to meet Dennis Rodman, I'd be like, yeah, man, that's sure. sure, Absolutely. So maybe Kim Jong Un was just, you know, he grew up on those old Bulls teams from the '90s. I mean, he did. He spent a bunch of time here and loved playing basketball. He's sitting there. He's probably sitting there arguing with some North Korean about whether Scottie Pippen deserves to be on the uh, all-time 50 greatest NBA players list. Which I hey, they needed somebody. They needed somebody to
0: get the ball on the rebound. That was Rodman. They needed somebody to bring it up. That was Pippen. And then they needed somebody to drain it. And that was Jordan. And that's how that offense ran. Pretty much. Yes. Pretty much. So, so should, should Scottie Pippen be on the top fifty? My God! Now you're the irrational actor. Of course he should be. Scottie Pippen is a god among men and
1: tastefully named. I might add. Yes, yes, I I agree. I am totally in agreement. Uh, but we're, that's neither here nor there when it comes to North Korea. <laughs> <laughs> Once yes, again, Scott is, successfully
0: taken us off the rails. This is,
1: this is Ian's attempt to get us back on back on back on track. What Ian's demonstrating right now is the rational actor approach. <laughs> I studied it. I studied it in college. <laughs> you know, uh, North Korea, look. How do we deal with them now? North like, Korea, well, well, look, you know, honestly, the fact that they, can, that they have an ICBM that can hit American soil, to me, doesn't really actually change things very much from our point of view, because, because we have thousands of United States troops, thousands that are stationed in South Korea, in and around the demilitarized zone between South and North Korea, they have always, not always, but they, for a long time, they have had the capacity to strike Seoul, uh, South, which is the capital of South Korea, which is a city of about 10 million people. It's roughly the size of New York City. And, and North Korea has for a long time had the, the capacity to, to launch a nuclear attack on Seoul. So the fact that they can hit the United States soil, to me, that doesn't really change the game all that much. Um, I think what Donald Trump is finding is that these are that these are in, you know as with so many other issues these are intractable problems that are far more difficult in real life than they are oh, when you can about. spout right. when you can yell uh you know catchphrases and bumper sticker phrases from from a campaign stage you know these are serious issues that that many presidents of both parties have struggled with now I do think that uh, Donald Trump has you know. Every American president has realized the limits of our influence over North Korea um, and looked to China and said, well, you know, they they obviously have a lot of influence over North Korea. Hey, get your crazy little brother in line. Come take take out your trash. Right. (laughs) And so Donald Trump has tried to do that as well. And he is finding that uh, I I don't know if it's a situation of the Chinese are— so intertwined with North Korea that maybe they don't have as much leverage as we tend to think they do, or if they just maybe like having a little brother who can kind of, you know, poke the bear a little bit. Um, but, uh,
0: you know,
1: we've seen that China has not been able to rein in the North Korean nuclear ambition, which the global community as a whole, I mean, I'm talking even Russia, and China agree is a bad thing.
0: You know, it, It's I think you're on to something there about maybe China doesn't want to necessarily reign in North Korea as much as they claim. You know, it does help if it's still, it it's, is still sort of a proxy battle to be able to have North Korea say the crazy thing and threaten the crazy thing that, like, China, you know, when China you're laying, can't it, do because when you're laying in people. bed at night seething and staring <laughs> at the ceiling, I'd show those bastards. Why don't, why don't we just put a nuke up in the air and just see what they'd think then we'll just bring it, you know, but, you know, I, I think, um, the, you know, you talk about though, do, do they want this reined in as much? I feel like probably one of the other things that the president's starting to learn is like, you know, similarly to like, Hey, these are complicated problems and you can't just spout off stuff. Here's the lesson that I think he's really not learning, which is he just continues to spout off stuff. Right. One day, in a, you know, he's saying, oh, the Chinese leader is very well respected and a wonderful person. The next day, he's like, well, we tried to work with him. Guess they're all a bunch of dirty liars. It's just like, yeah. dude, how far? Like, you're one step away from like, getting, dipping into like, racial epithet stuff. <laughs> and like, on top of that, I think it probably does become a thing where it's like, hey, man, people remember. Like, this isn't a game. Yeah. This isn't just saying things in the New York Post so that and then behind the scenes continue to negotiate for the land because you really want to build a nice skyscraper, like where you could just walk into the meeting and be like, Come on, man. I mean, you gotta say what you gotta say. Let's work this out. Yeah. because oh, one, nobody believes he's the guy that works things out. Everyone believes we're just like I, I have to believe at this point, most of the global community is just sort of waiting around for like the next grown up to show yeah. up from the US. Right. But two, like, you know, they remember. They remember when you, like, call them a jerk. Everybody does. Sure. You know, if you piss in their sandbox, they're eventually going to say, like, oh, you want my help? Hey, could you help me out getting all of this piss-laden sand out of my sandbox? <laughs>
1: I don't know how that yeah. happened. So I have, in my, I have in the show notes here, can we, art of the deal, our way clear of this problem? No. Wild guess. No. No, we cannot. We cannot. And the reason we cannot is because, actually, if you, uh, you know, one of the strategies that's laid out in the art of the deal is understand and utilize leverage in negotiations. And what the president is finding out is that even though you are the president of the United States, there are many situations in which you simply don't have leverage. Uh, Barack Obama learned we don't really have a whole lot of leverage against the North Koreans. George W. Bush learned that we don't have a lot of leverage. Bill Clinton learned that. And... You know, this is a...
0: You know what would be the art of the deal way to do this? To create leverage. To drop all the sanctions. To just say, like, you know what? You want food? You got it. You want American cars? You got it. You want all this stuff? Here. And flood it. So that everybody there... Starts to get used to having, like, you know, safe cheese and
1: neat phones and,
0: you know, all the things that, like, you know, much of the developed world takes for granted.
1: We have to have some Motorola, la- Motorola razors. Hey, still there's got to be around. a really
0: push a couple <laughs> of crates of razors out of the bag of a C 130. Somewhere, some poor coastie needs his hours. Just get them up there. They won't that's shoot right, at that. That's
1: right. But like preloaded with Matchbox Twenty, do you, now that's just cruel because there's there's
0: only one thing we can, or maybe the RAF could do it. They could just push them out full of Nickelback. We'll all be incinerated in a fiery nuclear hellscape in 24 hours. It'd Be funny on the way down. But do you flood them? Do you give them everything that the folks could want? I mean, it's a fair and question. Put jun- and then threaten to take it away.
1: I mean, you which know, is I think, to
0: an extent kind of what we've done with the With Iran. I was, and it's say, worked. I was just about
1: to say. I was just about to say because if you look at Iran i mean we think of we think of Iran here as you know some sort of of, of theocratic islamo fascist state and you know look in many ways it is a theocratic islamo fascist state yeah, but from everybody leadership level but from everybody that i've spoken to who's actually spent time in Iran and i actually have spoken to several people who've spent time in Iran it's it's a, a, the population in Tehran is very cosmopolitan uh, they know what's going on in the right. world. They understand Iran's place in the world. They understand. They, they have. They, they get it. They right. get it.
0: It's like being Catholic in in America, right? Like, yeah, all the cardinals and bishops all run out and they're like, abortion is bad, and all these things, and like, say divorce, all these things, right? <laughs> and divorce is terrible, and gay people aren't human beings. And then, like, everybody sits down at dinner. They're like that night, and they're like, you know, I mean, come on.
1: Well, I mean, that's bishop's yeah. gonna say what bishop's
0: gonna say. Like, we all know the world is a little different well, here.
1: That's gonna. That's that. That's that's actually gonna be a discussion for another time. Uh, sort of. Are you a recovering Catholic? Uh, I would consider myself a non-practicing Catholic.
0: Yeah, that's where I am too. Yeah. Somebody asked me once, like, "Oh, do you, I remember when people got all bent out of shape about the uh, the child molestation stuff." Yes. And I remember thinking, like, "This this isn't a secret." Well, like you know, I wasn't allowed to be a. I wasn't allowed to be a. altar boy like
1: we knew i i was an altar boy for many years i was never abused or assaulted or had anything untoward done or said to me by a priest that wasn't more than why the hell are you 15 minutes late (laughs) 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 and why do you smell like weed (laughs) so
0: and so concludes our north korea discussion uh when we come back we'll wrap it up with some lighter stuff uh, including my favorite thing i saw this week which ian i gotta tell you i'm torn but they both involve explosive space flight. You're listening to insert name here. You're listening to insert name here because neither Ian nor I are smart enough to come up with a name. <clears throat> but, well, <clears throat> do, you have, do you have something in your throat? I do. Actually. Yeah. Well, in the Politically meantime,
1: transmitted. Diseases. Okay,
0: we already said no to that. But if I, you have an idea for what to call this, you can tweet me in at woke since eighty four on Twitter. Ian, we're not going to politically transmitted diseases. We're not.
1: As I mentioned, my friend Matt uh, came up with Político de Gallo, which is a take on, for those of you who don't know, Pico de Gallo, which is sort of like the just, tomato,
0: who hurt you. Yes! Welcome back to Insert Name here. Ian, time to wrap this up to slow things down, to bring in that smooth jam that makes the week worthwhile with what we like to call my favorite thing I saw this week. Ian, you know the deal. Yes. Where we highlight something that gave you hope or made you smile or deaden the existential pain of existence in a Donald Trump world just for a moment. Just for a moment. Ian, what was your favorite thing you saw this week?
1: My favorite thing I saw this week... Um, I'm a, uh, born in the district of Columbia, but a current resident of the Commonwealth of Virginia and, um, Uh, having some
0: noted liberal bastion, the people's Republic of Virginia.
1: (laughs) I'm having a little bit of Commonwealth pride this week here. So as, as we know, there's been a move nationwide to sort of undo, not undo, but, but to sort of remove uh, a lot of, uh, Confederate monuments, um, which to me is uh, a good, a good thing Absolutely. on the whole. Absolutely, the Confederacy was built on uh, slavery, which is you know obviously abhorrent, and you know it, look, it, it's it was they took up arms against the United States government. That's the sort of thing that we generally frown upon. Uh, but for some reason, well, not, not for some reason. I think we know the reasons. But I mean, it, 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 it has continued. This Confederacy has continued to be celebrated in, uh, you know, the, 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 in the parts of the South and in even
0: flags, monuments, sure, even history in history and even in Virginia.
1: In you know, Virginia obviously was the seat of the, the the capital of the Confederacy. But and you know, people think of Northern Virginia as this you know big sort of you know, almost like a, a northern state, if you will. Um, you know, but we have. Monument, not monuments, but, you know, like the roads are named after Robert E. Lee. There's Leesburg Pike. There's Leesburg, Virginia. In Old Town, there's a memorial to
0: the fallen Confederate soldiers, which is a statue of a soldier in the middle of an intersection. Right. You have to physically drive around it. And the big thing is he's got his back turned towards Washington. Like it is. I mean, Mm you want to talk about disrespect. Yeah. That's disrespect.
1: Right. 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 That's absolutely right. So what we had was in Charlottesville, Virginia, uh, over the weekend, the Ku Klux up. Klan decided <laughs> decided to hold a rally um, where they, it says here, according to the CNN story, um, some wearing Klan robes and carrying Confederate flags mm. uh, arrived in midday to protest the city's plan to remove a statue of Confederate General Robert E. Lee from a park in, in Charlottesville. And the reason why this is one of my favorite things that I saw this week, not because... The Ku Klux Klan seems newly emboldened in the age of Trump um, to kind of like show themselves, uh, but that the 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 Klan members drew, according to the CNN story, about fifty Klan members for this rally. Uh, Counter protesters yeah. uh, showed up in the rebuttal the, in the thousands. <laughs> About a thousand counter protesters were there, that's a, according that's a, to Charlottesville city spokeswoman Miriam Dickler. That's significantly the unfortunate, outnumbered. Unfortunately named Miriam Dickler.
0: Yeah,
1: that's a that's sorry. a lot. That's like, like Mike's, a Mike's. Mike's looking at me like, "Come on, man, you really went there." <laughs> Dude, I, how I'm many sorry, times man. in a podcast do you think Mike is
0: disappointed? <laughs> like, look, I'll set the line at nineteen and a half. You want the over or the under? Definitely the over. I'm taking the, the yeah. But that line's already on the.
1: Definitely over. Definitely over. So well, to me that was one of my that was one of my favorite things that I saw this week. Uh that 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 fifty clan people will show up to to at, at a march and a thousand or more right. counter protesters. In show
0: up the Commonwealth
1: of Virginia. In I mean, granted, you know, Virginia is Virginia's is functionally a blue state now. Uh but uh I mean it's listen, I mean at the federal level, mm, uh, I think not statewide, even. statewide. I mean, it's it's yeah, that's probably know. true.
0: When when it gets to statewide and you can't split up the vote,
1: both well. senators, both senators are Democrats. Two of the last three, uh, three of the last four uh, governors are Democrats, yep. uh, and it's gone Democratic in presidential elections since two thousand and eight. Uh, so it's functionally a, a blue state. It's a you know light blue state, but blue state nonetheless. Um, and so, and Charlottesville is clearly the sort of the Liberal epicenter of the Commonwealth, but still, it warms my heart to see those numbers. So, Ian, my favorite thing that I saw this week—I sort of—I had—I had to tell Scott what was your favorite thing that you saw this week. I really should ask you. I should. I should
0: offer. Well, Ian, I'm I'm glad you asked. So, initially, my favorite thing that I saw this week was uh, was 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 brought to us by the good folks at NASA, who, because of the nature of this president and his willingness to validate any crackpot idea. Had to come out, and they and and straight faced had to come out and deny accusations by like the far conspiracy right that there is a child slave colony on Mars. Lies, there is. Yeah, I I I know. And the reason we are perpetuating this lie from and the, NASA, and the reason that we can't see it or figure out how it would have happened or have any evidence of technology or any evidence of it happening anywhere is. Because of course there wouldn't be evidence. They got rid of it all. That's what they want us to believe. And poor NASA had to roll out there like the mom with a with a with a squirt gun full of you know like perfumed water labeled monster spray and like squirt under the bed. You know, see the monsters gone. Had to come out and say, no, we're not. Uh, we aren't. Uh, you obviously we...
1: had a strange childhood.
0: I, I, strange upbringing. Hey, man. My parents told me they were getting divorced on my birthday. Like it's 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 gonna do a thing to you sooner or later. Um but I'm it, learning so much more, so much more about you. Scott. You know, and, and initially that was my favorite thing I saw this week. And I was reflecting on that, you know, because I'd really like to see the technology that allowed us to pack all these children into rockets and send them to Mars and
1: have them both age and not age. It's it's fascinating. But Ian, the thing these are that, also the same people, by the way, who believe that we didn't, in fact, land on the moon. That there was a TV right. We didn't studio. land on the moon. Nine eleven m- was
0: an inside job. Uh, but we've shipped child sex slaves to Mars. It's it's remarkable. Then yeah. and, and that was going to be my favorite thing. Until my friend Tuesday. Tuesday is one of the one of the great days of the year. It's the Fourth of July. It's the uh, birthplace of of uh, independence on this continent. Uh, at least uh, n- white male independence. Uh, white male. Uh, 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 Cisgendered, right? Uh, <laughs> you, you know, Northern European voluntarily immigrated uh, independence. Yes. Um, but you you know what's great is uh, you know because I'm thinking about these rockets that NASA would have used, and instead I'm 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 standing out. You know, we live up in Petworth, and I'm I'm standing outside, and you can hear just the every celebration of freedom with every M80 and bottle rocket <laughs> and raven and 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 Roman candle, and I mean it is just. You know, and of course, my dog is like cowering in the corner because this is clearly Armageddon. It has come. The end is nigh. We're all going to die. But hearing all of that stuff go off is one of those things that reminds you like, we do still know how to, like, even in the face of some pretty grim stuff, yeah. we still know how to, like, have fun because the key to having fun is blowing shit up. Blow shit up. That is a fact. I can prove that. With it's math. science. It's science. It is science. The kind of science that puts child sex slaves on Mars. That's right. So that's all we have for this week. Thanks for uh, Magic Mike behind the boards, making us look good. That's what he does. Yes, you we can, look uh, good on this. You can reach him at, at DJ Mike Phillips, uh, and you should only refer to him as Magic Mike. Why don't you uh, not you tweet him? Give him a reason to uh, Give him a reason to fire us.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, thank you to the One Love uh, Massive Collective for
1: hosting us as well. They are DC as fuck, as fuck AF. Uh, you can learn more about them at one Follow them on Facebook at one Love Massive DC or on Twitter as at one lovemassive. It's good branding. That it's is, consi- it's consistent, very consistent.
0: They also branding. have in the studio this week. They have these really great matchbooks now, yes. and they say One Love Massive on them. It has the URL. It says right. good music, good people, good times for when you want a light incense. Get perfect. Lit. It's lit. So. They're great. They're actually really good matchbooks, yeah. too. That's yeah. good stuff. If you have an idea for the name for this stupid podcast, you, know, you can tweet that at us at uh, Ian. He's at, at woke since 84. At, uh, at, at. At, at. Uh, if we choose your name, you'll win this week's prize, which is a burnout cordless drill by Rayobi. Uh, Ian but, has this week's nominee. Ian, what's yes. the nominee?
1: This week's nominee is Global Elitists. Global Elitists. Global, the global elitists podcast. The global, but global? No, elitist. no. But I'm, but I'm not I like very that global. I like that one. It's on the board. It's it, on the board. It's not on the board. What, what, what board are we talking about anyway? That's There's no board. The same board that has politically transmitted diseases. Jesus tap
0: dancing. Christ. We'll talk to you next week. This has been insert name here. See ya.